This is Decision 2023, a series of debates for Sullivan County Legislature coming to you from the Black Library in Monticello. I'm Mike Sakel, News Director for Catskills News. We'd like to thank our news partner, Mitt Hudson News. This is an opportunity to hear from candidates in the seven contested races for legislature on a number of platforms, including here at Catskills News Talk 92.5 and 94.9 and 1240 AM, plus Mitt Hudson News YouTube channel and the Catskills News Podcast. Laborers Local 17 is a proud sponsor of Decision 2023. Feel the strength of thousands of diverse tradespeople working with contractors to recruit and train highly skilled, safe, and productive laborers constructing Sullivan County's water, sewer, roadways, and energy infrastructure. Earning great wages, health care, and a pension. Feel the power of a career with Laborers Local 17. Visit liuna17.com to start on your career path today. Both candidates have been provided with the format for Decision 2023, and we are ready to begin what I hope will be a spirited, informative, and civil debate on some of the issues facing local voters. The format consists of four segments with four questions each. Candidates will have up to two minutes to respond, followed by a minute for a rebuttal from the opposing candidate. There are opening and closing statements with each candidate allotted up to two minutes for each. Let's begin with these opening statements, and we did have a coin toss prior to beginning our debate. So uh, by coin toss, our first candidate in this Decision 2023 debate for Legislative District 4 is Mary Allison Farley who is running on the Democratic and Mamikating First Lines. Mary Allison has lived in Mamikating for over 30 years, working as librarian for Catskill Regional Medical Center Medical Library and as a grants assistant. For three years, she worked as a grant writer for Sullivan County. She is a past president of the board of the Bashakill Area Association and on the Mamikating Supervisors Advisory Committee for the Mamikating Education Center. Mary Allison Farley, two minutes for your opening statement. Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity that Mid-Hudson News and Catskill News has provided to us, the candidates, and really for the community as a whole. And thank you, Nick, for participating. Thank you. Appreciate that. I have to say that I never, never planned to run for a political office, as um, Mike was telling you. I've lived in Mamakating 30 years um, and worked in Sullivan County 25 years. And Nick, uh, Mike told you what my work has been. So I've grown to love the community, uh, the people who are here, um, the incredible natural resources. For me, it really centers around the Bashakill. I have been a volunteer actively with the Bashakill Area Association for 30 years. And I came to know the Bashakill in the early 70s as a young college grad when I worked for the DEC. So it's a long time love and um, I, I really want to give back now to my community. That's what's driving me. Because I've watched the Sullivan County Legislature the last four years and I've been disturbed by the focus on party politics bullying and secretiveness around the processes that the legislature is involved in. So I hope to be elected uh, to serve for Mamakating's District 4 at the legislature and in that election, if I, I, if I should win that election, 
I would like to help bring civility, transparency, working across the aisle, and good value government back to the Sullivan County Legislature. Thank you. Thank you. And next we have Nicholas Salamone, who's running on the Republican and the People's First Lines. Nicholas Salamone has served in the area of law enforcement in several capacities, being a certified police officer by the Bureau of Municipal Police for 35 years in part-time positions, including as a police officer, crime prevention officer, acting sergeant, and a police administrator. Prior to serving on the Sullivan County Legislature, he has been a town of Mamacating councilman for over 20 years and also served on the town planning board. Born in the Bronx, his family spent time in Wurtsboro Hills since the mid-60s. And Salamone came to Bloomingburg in 1973. Nicholas Salamone, your opening statement for up to two minutes, please. Okay. First and foremost, I want to thank the, the moderators. I want to thank my opponent, Mary Allison, who I've known for 30 years. And um, as far as my background goes, and you gave most of it, uh, <laughs> Married, have two children, three grandchildren. Uh, my wife was employed by the New York State Police for 39 years, and my daughter is now working for the State Police. Uh, education, I have a bachelor's degree in business, as well as an associate, and I'm a retired um, Verizon staff manager, where I spent 26 years. And I, I retired under the early retirement, took advantage of it. And in my area of service, I'm very proud. I had three meritorious awards on duty. Um, and I'm very proud of, of my phone company job, my phone company career. I've made it through every snowstorm, whether I had to drive 40 miles, 50 miles, or whatever. And as far as organization, I was former vice president of the Mount Hope Police Benevolent Association. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Nick, we'll, we will start with you in questioning okay. for up to two minutes. Um, wanted to talk about, since you are so much focused on public service, or mm -hmm. public safety, I should mm -hmm. say, let's begin with that. It's certainly something that's on the national stage as well wow. as a topic. So um, here in Sullivan County, do you feel that local law enforcement has the tools it needs to keep uh, the public safe. You never have enough tools. The more tools you have, the better you are. Uh, the more funding we can get, the better we are. And it really takes Albany and Washington to write the checks for the county because when you buy technological equipment, it's not a dollar. It could be 30000 $40,000. I toured different agencies in the area on their technology, and I'm, I'm very impressed with, with the city of Middletown, what they have. And, um, you know, very happy with the way they operate. Um, in the other area, part of the problem is, is the bail reform. It's like a revolving door. And New York City Democrats seem to control New York State. They raised the age limit for juvenile. And look what's going on at Target and all, all, all these other stores. You create a problem, you're arrested, you should be dealt with. I'm not saying they should throw the key away, but it should be dealt with. Um, no, we never have enough money. 
uh, the more the better. And but I can give you a little history. Um, when it comes to public safety, we um, okay. We have record investments in the sheriff department. The sheriff department has a fair contract. Before me, seven years they went without a contract. Now we have a career path. Instead of a deputy sheriff have to wait 20 years for top pay, five years. And it gives you more of a career path. Um, we are funding every resource officer that we can, matching with the school, and providing tools such as the AR-15 to each SRO officer, because you never know the day might come. Well done? Okay. Very good. And uh, one minute rebuttal, please. I think in Sullivan County, <clears throat> we are in pretty good shape in terms of public safety with our emergency command center, which has been uh, funded well and built up and offers a lot of training to, especially to volunteer emergency services people in the county. However, uh, part of communities feeling safe is um, unfortunately uh, dealing with a really acute problem we have in Sullivan County, which is the opioid crisis. So I would say that the legislature has been remiss in not uh, steering more money to the DA's office. They're down uh, three ADAs. Their compensation is not reasonable enough, so we lose people all the time to neighboring counties. So there are ways we can make improvements. Thank you. Well, and a follow-up question on that now, since uh, you have the next question, uh, Mary yeah. Allison. Some have suggested that professionals in mental health and substance misuse actually accompany law enforcement as a way of disarming potential crisis situations. Uh, would you support such a program, and how would you go about that through the legislature? I would definitely support mental health professionals accompanying uh, law enforcement when they're going out on a call that clearly involves a mental health crisis. We've seen all over the country serious problems evolve when we're not handling those citizens who are having the crises uh, when law enforcement is there alone. It's not so much a critique of law enforcement, but to say, let's give them help, let's give our citizens help. And as Nick said on another question, that would be federal and state money that, that we need to turn to. We have a grants administration department at the county that's excellent, and uh, we just need to secure more monies to have that kind of expanded operation. Well, and Nicholas Alamo, okay. uh, for your uh, rebuttal, uh, I'll ask you the same question. And having right. been on the ground, how do you feel that mental health uh, professionals might be able to defuse crises? I'm a little skeptical on it for one reason. I know it's the new age, the new, the new era, but when a police officer goes to a scene, he has to concentrate on what he's doing. He has mental health professionals with him. They might interfere, they may not interfere. Um, 
We do have 911 dispatchers who are very well trained, I believe it's through uh, Dutchess County, on how to handle mental crisis. But like we all know, we all make mistakes. And I don't want to see a cop get shot. Very good. And you get the next question. I'm going to move on to somewhat related and really talking more about affordability and taxes and such. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're well aware Sullivan County, starting with the COVID pandemic, survived through that issue economically with a series of state and federal payments. Uh, certainly helped the balance sheets. Yes. Now, uh, New York State, especially with this year's <coughs> budget, is reassessing some of those payments. Medicaid being one particular large chunk of money, so to speak. So what do you think we should do to keep our county affordable and tax increases at a minimum? Well, when we do the budget, we fine-tune it. We go through each item, and we as a legislature decide on how much money should be spent in each area. Um, does the DA need more, more help? Possibly, and most likely. Um, does the county clerk need, need more help? Possibly. But we as a board constantly sit down with, with people and analyze what they need and don't need. For example, I'm not, I'm not uh, what do you call it, saying let's do away with the town courts, but we got DAs running all over the county. Maybe if you had one facility, you wouldn't need as many or you can concentrate. That doesn't mean I'm for a district court. I just wish there was a way we can make some kind of uh, arrangement. Um, it's a tough call. Um, as far as taxes go, we've been very good. We eliminated the, uh, the garbage transfer fee of $75 a year. We've held the line on taxes to under the rate of inflation, way under the rate, the 2% cap or zero. And we're doing the best we can as a county. Um, we gave very fair contracts to the, to the employees. And um, that's all I can say right now. Thank you. Very good. And uh, Mary Allison, your one minute rebuttal. Okay, thank you. Um, County affordability and right. taxes. Thank you. Um, I have to start off by saying that um, in order to get more investment in Sullivan County, we need to improve our public image, which uh, is not good throughout the state. Um, getting more investment in Sullivan County will assist us in bringing up the cost of living. And unfortunately, with the current chair of the Sullivan County Legislature, we're not regarded in positive light, and that's being mild. Um, we can't have the kind of behavior, the bullying, the name calling by the person who runs our legislature and expect to get investment coming in our county. Well, thank, thank you. you. And, and uh, Mary Allison, you also have the follow-up question, next question here. And I'm going to move on to, of course, another issue is affordable housing. And that's certainly top of mind, um, certainly an issue within the town of Mamakating as well. Right. Uh, your uh, hometown. How do you encourage, how do you encourage more residential housing construction here in Sullivan County? Well, again, uh, we need to have a better public image throughout the state in order to 
encourage people who invest in affordable housing to come into our county. There, there are certainly creative things that have been done elsewhere that we could do. Um, one suggestion, you may have heard about it, would be to uh, have a call with developers in the Hudson Valley who have done affordable housing projects to encourage them to come into our area, to let them know what we have to offer them. So that's certainly part of it. Um, we need to enforce the minimum standards that are required of landlords. And uh, I think another area that could be helpful, again, getting creative is something that's been used elsewhere, and that's using a tax incentive with the accessory development units. So if a person is living in their house, they have an ADU, as they're called, and the person is living or a family is living in the ADU uh, full time, then there would be a tax incentive for the homeowner. So this way we're creating more of those options for people working in Sullivan County. That, that's what we want. We want people to be able to live and work comfortably in this county. Very good. Thank and you. Nick, talk about housing. Housing. affordable housing. How, how do you encourage more residential housing and, uh, and attract Well, we housing? have a couple of plans in mind where the IDA is telling companies you want to come in, you have to build X amount of housing. But there's a, a backside to it. Every time you build affordable housing, their assessed valuation isn't as high as a regular homeowner. So now I'm paying less taxes and I got four kids going to school. Everybody else is going to have to pick up the tab. There's no free lunch. Um, most of the problem is New York State is number 48 in attracting business. So that's number one. Uh, number two, as far as the county goes, unemployment is low. There's more jobs than ever before. Um, you know, we're doing the best we can. Are we the greatest? No, but we're doing the best we can. Very good. And uh, Mary Allison, and next question to you as we move on to the next segment. We sort of flip the uh, order here. Okay. Uh, along those lines, attracting uh, young people, retaining young people here in the county, what do you feel is the best way to, to do that, to attract, retain young people, to remain here in Sullivan County as part of the local workforce? I think there's two prongs uh, to the approach. And um, first would be continued efforts to diverse, diversify our economy. And I think that goes along with what Mark Baez says at the um, Sullivan County Industrial Development Agency. Yes, things are going really well in our tourism industry. We like that. But let's diversify, bring in different businesses with good paying jobs and benefits. That's key. There have to be benefits. Historically, Sullivan County has had <clears throat> lots of service jobs without benefits, and this will not be attractive to our young people <clears throat> when they're considering staying or leaving. So those are, those, that's the one prong. The other prong is educating, focusing on education of our people, of our youth. So continue getting the uh, funds from New York State that allow um, SUNY Sullivan to offer free tuition to our 
our students. This is, this is key. Similarly, along that line, let's keep encouraging SUNY Sullivan to add tracks. They added the respiratory therapist track a few years ago. How about the x-ray technician track? All of these jobs are in demand in healthcare. They're good paying. So that's a piece of it. Let's also keep programs going through BOCES, through the Center for Workforce Development. Um, those programs can be focused on adults who are already here who need good paying jobs. And we've seen success with cooperation between BOCES and the Center for Workforce Development, people getting skills that they need to earn good wages. Very good. Nicholas Salamone. Uh, okay. Again, how, uh, rebuttal to how would you attract or retain young people well, in the local workforce? Well, first of all, um, anybody who graduates high school and lives in Sullivan County is able to get a two-year degree at no tuition charge. So we're moving ahead in that area. Um, then we have, we're setting up programs where the carpenters union have journeymen. We have a welding program and a CDL for truck drivers. Um, as far as retaining young people, I think there's too much talk, uh, you know, out there. You got to move out of New York. New York is shot. New York, and we have to try to educate. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with um, New York State. We don't attract business. We try in Sullivan County, and I think we do a good job. But nationwide and statewide, Albany, there are too many hoops they, gotta, they have to uh, you know, climb over. Okay. Well, along the same line, since you do get the next question, okay. Nick, I wanted to ask, uh, you mentioned some of those local partnerships. Yeah. SUNY Sullivan, of course, has been mentioned here. Sullivan BOCES, I mean, could, could the legislature expand on that and also include organizations such as the Sullivan County Chamber of Commerce and other organizations to offer more opportunities for young people now, I'm focused on young people. Well, they are doing it. We have a workforce development program. We have um, a head, Laura Quigley. She does a fantastic job trying to mm -hmm. bring jobs together, everybody together. And we're doing what we can up to a point. I think a little of it, society, the young generation, they have to be motivated. Uh, they can't live in a basement the rest of their life. Uh, we're trying hard. And uh, Mary Allison, your, your rebuttal on that, uh, perhaps some other partnerships that might be able to increase young, uh, young people in the workforce? Well, I think we've highlighted <clears throat> some of the main partners that Sullivan County wants to uh, work with, Center for Workforce Development, which is within the county itself, reaching out to BOCES. And um, there have been successful trades training offered for free where people come out with a certificate to work in their field. So continuing that, and um, as, as uh, Nick said, Center for Workforce Development has been, been doing a great job. Thank you. Uh, possibly uh, Cornell Cooperative would be able to link in with some of their programming to um, give more training to uh, young people in our, in our county. Uh, and, and of course, the other, I'm, we're forgetting a major player here, and that is the school system which is so, so important. If you saw in 
the recent Democrat, real emphasis on, <clears throat> I'm sorry, yeah. is that sure. done? Okay. That is time, but that's <laughs> all right. I didn't uh, see it. <laughs> you get the next question, Mary oh, Allison. So, but I, I do <laughs> want to move on to, you know, another critical issue here in the county. Of course, the opioid and uh, drug addiction issue, substance misuse. Sullivan legislature, as you probably know, recently agreed on distribution of the opioid settlement funds. There were a few heated discussions during that debate on goals such as focusing on education and the younger population. So what, what are your feelings? What would your goals be on funding of substance misuse programs? How do you go about it? Well, I have to back up as a concerned citizen and say that we've all seen a story that broke in the last few weeks, which said that this Sullivan County legislature has been sitting on one million dollars that came into Sullivan County from New York State from settlements with pharmaceutical companies who produced opioids. They've given no explanation for why that money was being withheld in a county where we certainly, as you've indicated, have a crisis with opioid addiction. We need that money. There are organizations, there are parts of the county government itself that stand ready to use that money. Catholic Charities is a perfect example. They have a great reputation for treatment services in our area and elsewhere. Similarly, our mental health services within the county. We, we have this a really good structure in place within the county and with these cooperating organizations. And uh, again, I, I just think that as citizens, uh, and, and I'm one living in Mamacating for many years, it, it concerns me greatly when money is withheld from treatment for people who are addicted to, to um, opioids. To, and it's being withheld, withheld from the whole community because we are affected. Public safety is affected when people are going out and robbing in our community to get money for these opioids. So that would be my summary. Very good. And Nick Salamone, of okay. course, you were uh, participating in these discussions yes. a few weeks ago, so yes. your rebuttal on... Well, part of it is we, we told our county manager to start cracking down on why the money isn't going to where it is. And we're finding that a lot of the requests for proposals weren't filled out right. They had to go back and redo it. Um, I have to give credit to the chief of the Village of Liberty. He did it perfect. They, they got their money. Most of law enforcement got their money. And we're working mm -hmm. on other firms getting it. You know, when you're dealing with state money, county mm -hmm. money, you have to go through audit and control. It's not, not just hand a check over. You look at New York City, a lot of them formed phony corporations where the check went <clears> and they find out later it dissolved, it, it, it really didn't go to where it's going, and all that money is gone. So we're doing everything we can, and believe me, we want to do everything we can. Thank you. Thank you. And, and Nick, you get the follow-up question. and. Uh, there's been an increase in mental health crisis in our county. We, we talked a little bit about that uh, earlier, but some uh, tied in with substance misuse, of course. 
it's a big issue. Officials have noted a lack of available space in the past. So what can be done to alleviate this problem? Basically contract with our Catholic charities to try to improve it and other um, outreach programs. It's, it's not cheap, but we want to do what we can. Uh, my expertise is law enforcement. Crack down, crack down, crack down. The poor victim, yes, we have to take care of them. But, you know, we, we can't do everything for everybody, but we try. And Mary Allison, your, your rebuttal on, on this issue, space for uh, mental health? Yes, as a person who has worked in healthcare in Sullivan County for 21 years, um, I still work for Ellenville Regional Hospital on a very part-time basis. I have to say that um, it's really important that in Sullivan County we keep uh, an acute care hospital open and what we have is Catskill Regional Cent Medical Center. Um, it just has to be kept open since we're such a huge uh, geographic area. And ideally, we would continue to work or start to work to get a detox unit reestablished at Catskill Regional. As I think most of us know, that unit has been closed for a while. Clearly, there is a need in Sullivan County for that kind of treatment. Very good. And our next question, uh, Mary Allison, uh, you know, one word we hear a lot about is stigma along the lines of substance misuse and even mental health. Uh, do you have ideas on how stigma plays a role in opioid misuse and how we as a community and you as a potential legislator uh, may approach that? I would... Uh I would suggest that that's the, a kind of issue that we want to start educating our young people about in the schools. That's really where we, we need to start in, in their emphasis on health, healthy living, um, healthy lifestyles. I think this could be incorporated in that. And we see our schools in Sullivan County doing a really good job with an emphasis, by giving an emphasis to Let's live healthily um, in terms of diet and also exercise. Let's add in, and they're doing things like meditation. So let's add in how we want to stay away from substance abuse, substances that are addictive and correspondingly, let's not be looking down at people who actually get into trouble with opioids and other substances. So I think schools would be a key avenue. We could also use the wonderful Cornell Cooperative Extension. We could use public health nursing. They all have avenues into the community and they run different programs where that kind of approach, that kind of information could be added. And Nick, uh, do you have uh, ideas on how stigma plays a role in what? what the legislature and the community can do? Yes, I, I really believe it comes down to education. The Board of Regents, the Board of Ed in New York State should require a curriculum on finance, on how to do their checking account, and also the drug abuse. Um, when I went to high school, we were showing a movie on 
24 hours of a heroin addict and 24 hours of a, a person trying to get ahead. And mm. when I saw that film, it was frightening. There was the heroin addict, he had to get up every four hours, fix himself, go out and get the drug, rob somebody. Then they showed the 24 hours of a person getting an education, being a good kid. I mean, not, not that a drug addict is a bad kid. You know, unfortunately, he fell into the cracks. But that really stuck in my head. And even today, it sticks in my head. I think education is, is the problem. The, not the problem, the solution. Well, you get the next question, uh, Nick. Uh, legislators recently met with administrators of Garnet Health yes. and Garnet Health Catskills. Yes. Uh, we all know there were some rather major cutbacks that were made over the course of the last few months, local cardiac care, pediatrics. Uh, one listener had claimed that patients, uh, being in an ambulance corps, they were told that cardiac patients should be taken directly to Garnet Orange and not, not brought to the facility, the local facility. So do you feel comfortable with their assurances? You spoke with the president, the CEO, the CEO of Garnet Health Catskills. Okay. Uh, following that meeting as a legislator, what, what can be done to make sure that local care stays here in the county at the, at the right level? Okay. Uh, as far as the CEO goes, they seem to give a great presentation on where the future is going and how they, they want to help. Um, I know in my life experience, you don't always trust what a CEO says. You know, they, they wind up cutting later on. Uh, hopefully these two gentlemen are right on the right track. Um, we can't make a hospital do anything, but we're encouraging that we need it. I mean, you know, I know we're a rural county, but we need, we need to have some kind of a satellite up here and something down in Middletown. So wherever you are, you're taken care of. If it escalates, then there, there'll be another area where they have to go to. Is it? Very good. Well, uh, Mary Allison, I know, of course, you were not within the meetings, but your thoughts uh, and your rebuttal on, on Garnet Health and local medical services. Right. Well, I haven't been <clears throat> employed by Catskill Regional since 2012, but I would have to say that the record that I've seen and I think many other people have seen in Sullivan County, both those of us who work there and then other residents, is that um, the hospital for Sullivan County um, has <coughs> not been building up services. Uh, services have been taken away and I can certainly testify from my time there we had some excellent excellent departments which we all we saw go away so I would have to agree with Nick we can't always um, assume that what the administrators are saying is is going to happen um, so I think we really have to push for expert care at the hospital in Sullivan County and an expert ER but backed up by Middletown. Very good. And, and moving on to an issue that does touch on uh, uh, your legislative district, uh, both you and, and uh, Nick and mm -hmm. Mary Allison, the District 4, and uh, that is some of the high-profile projects. We're kind of switching gears here on the economy and tourism. And a couple of the high-profile projects has been the Route 97 corridor, 
as well as the county rail trail network. So uh, the question is, do you consider these tourism magnets and what would you like to see both short-term and long-term to, uh, to keep these projects going, your support in these projects? I think uh, those are excellent uh, tourism projects and that historically and currently we really rely on tourism as a major piece of our economy. And uh, I give the Visitors Association a lot of credit for their incredible marketing of Sullivan County as, as a place to come to to recreate. And we have just amazing resources. So I know um, they've, the county has gotten various grants to plan the O&W Trails expansion. I, I just think that is a, a worthy project. It brings money in when people come in to hike, bike. They're going to eat at our restaurants. They're going to look around. They may stay. So it's a, it is a key piece of, of our economy, and I think those are dollars well spent for us as taxpayers. And Nick, I mean, you've been involved within the legislature on, on uh, promoting these projects, Route 97, mm -hmm. the rail trail. Right. Um, how do you feel long-term, short-term on, on that? Well, basically how I feel is the tourist comes up here, he likes the area, he spends locally, and you know what? Maybe I'll move up here. Uh, I could work from home uh, remotely and give you an idea how we did up at the county. In 2019, we gave 906000 for tourism. 2023, $2.4 million. Um, Roberta Lockwood, she does a fantastic job up there at, at the visitor center. And we give as much as we reasonably can afford to give. Um, as far as expanding trails, let's see what we got, how much it's going to cost to maintain. I think more people care that their roads are repaved, the streets are plowed in the winter, the public safety, and um, the public good. But do I believe in tourism? Absolutely. Well, and I'll follow up on that since the next question is yours, uh, Nick. Yeah. The bed tax funds. Okay. They were, as you know, removed. There was a certain percentage that was removed from the SCVA with the new contract, and uh, they've been sitting in a bank account. There's really, at this moment, there's no current plan to spend the money. There's, it's been talked about, but how would you address these funds? Well, again, talked about. Um, we're going to have a new legislature, whether it's the same people or new people, so at this stage of the game, to do something between now and December 31st is probably minimal. We give the visitor center as much as we reasonably can afford. And again, she's done a great job. Um, the casino has done a good job, although they're skeptical where the future will be. We have the uh, golf course that opened up. Hopefully that'll bring money, big money into the county. We have uh, Bethel Woods, private investment, Alan Gary. Fantastic. Um, the minor thing, I gotta, I gotta tell you something interesting. Route 97, the people who live like in certain areas are complaining too much traffic on a Saturday, too much on a Sunday. You just can't have everything, you know. That's it. Well, and Mary Allison, um, your feelings on bed tax and perhaps how those allocations should be made. <clears throat> 
I certainly think the, the funds should get out to the various towns, just as I have heard from uh, representatives in the town of Mamacating that they really want to see some of the sales tax divided amongst the towns. This is a, is, is a key issue. Um, and going back to the trails issue, um, Mamacating said they really weren't interested in helping with a trails project out of Summitville. I think it goes over to Liberty until the sales tax was fairly divided among towns. So again, uh, Let's get these monies out for use. Thank you. Very good. And we're going to move into our last segment here and uh, kind of flip the order. Nick, I'm going to get, go back to you. You had mentioned roads and bridges. I mean, it was, it was part of your, your answer earlier. And I wanted to ask, uh, you know, a lot of local representatives have called for an increase in state funding right. for road and bridge projects. Are, are you concerned about the current state of roads and bridges here in Sullivan County? Yes, I mean, we're doing everything we can um, pertaining to the town of Mamacating. The county has spent 21, I mean, did 21 miles of roads in Mamacating that belong to the county. We paid down our debt of $9 million. So now every time we do a road, we pay as you go. Um, I think roads are very important. They make, they, they make the appearance look nice. I mean, look at Broadway going down. It, it's beautiful. And hopefully that'll encourage businesses to rebuild. Um, unfortunately, you have to invest to get, and that's what we're, we're working on. And Mary Allison, uh, conditions of roads and bridges. What are your feelings about countywide? I, we certainly hear about the need uh, from DPW in the county to, to have more funds to repair bridges all around this county. Those kinds, that kind of infrastructure is critical in a rural area for people going out to work every day, um, going to schools. It's, it's the kind of uh, expenditures we, we can't ignore as citizens. So. Um, we, we have seen in Mamacating uh, federal funds come in, and I, I think it's probably true in a lot of the towns. Every, every year we get the CHIPS funding for our roads, and that, that makes a tremendous difference. So we just have to continue with those funding sources. Very good. And the next question is, is for you, uh, Mary Allison. I wanted to talk about the uh, care center at Sunset Lake. And, uh, of course, there's a lot to unpack there. There's continued public outcry at some of the legislative meetings. Uh, that's probably no secret. Many people are aware of that. Uh, my question is, is it time to dispose of the infinite care contract? And would you be uh, in favor of or opposed to a sale of the facility? I think it's, it's very much the time to um, end the contract with infinite care. This was a facility that the county built and initially maintained and managed. And in those years, uh, ratings of the quality of care offered at uh, the care center in Liberty were, were excellent for Medicare. Our care center was getting five-star ratings. This legislature changed the management structure. 
so that it is privately run. And since then, we've mostly seen quality of care drop. The most recent rating gave by Medicare gave the facility only one star. We know that the facility is understaffed. This is not just a Sullivan County problem in healthcare and nursing homes, but when this uh, facility went to private hands, the unions were pushed out. There were three different unions in there protecting the workers, giving them the good benefits that unions offer to employees and incentivizing those employees to stay, which is what you really want. You want those good people to stay. To stay. So I would definitely advocate for an immediate plan to turn this back to the county. It's a service that the county undertook to make it more convenient for us in this very rural area. So when elderly, other disabled people need skilled nursing, they can be right in our county where we can easily see and uh, visit them. And Nick, uh, your feelings on the care center. Should we okay. rid ourselves of infinite care, sell the facility? What, what are your thoughts? I think infinite care is doing a fair job, and I say we keep it, study it a little longer. Um, I'll give an example. Uh, there was talk about, oh, we did away with the podiatrist, we, uh, podiatry, dentry, everything. No, now we have a firm that comes in, takes care of the people, and there's many more services added than before. Um, as far as um, the, the uh, personnel, um, it was Governor Cuomo who came out with an education law, I thought it was 6301, but I'm not sure, where if you, weren't, uh, if you didn't have your COVID shot, you're removed. You know how many nurses had to leave their job because they didn't wanna, they didn't wanna go for the COVID shot? And that eliminated a lot, a lot of jobs. Now, as far as the rating goes, um, we now have a five-star short-term facility where before we had nothing. We didn't even have a short-term facility. We, 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 oh, is it? Well, okay. and, and I do have a follow-up question. I'll stay on the subject for okay. you uh, since uh, okay. you're talking about the, the infinite care service okay. right now. Would you consider at least another search to find a, a different contractor to manage the care center? Possibly, but I didn't give it much much thought, to be honest with you. Um, I I know the nurses union, when we went around looking for different companies to take over, two of them were bad, and they gave a good presentation. Again, like CEO, great presentation. Uh, but we listened to the nurses union, and we went to Infinite Care. And I, I think Infinite Care is doing a fair job. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a nursing home, unfortunately, you're going to have drawbacks uh, like the poor person who died in the nursing home because is it possible the employee didn't do something right or not? You know, that's being investigated. Um, so that brings your rating down or gives you like a red flag until they investigate. We also, um, we recently had like 100 applications for nurses and we took advantage, 20, okay, 100 applications for training and 25 took advantage of, uh, of the program. Um, let's see what else. So basically, lack of training of nurses nationwide, nationwide, uh, is what's killing us. 
Um, somebody, some nurses rather get in the car and drive to Westchester and make maybe 20000 a year more. I don't know. To me, I'd be happy working up here, the heck with the 20. But everybody's different. Um, let's see what else. So uh, the problem with the nursing home is it's costing us $1 million a month to maintain. Out of New York State, 64 counties, give or take, I believe, I know it used to be only 12 a county run. I believe now it's six, but don't quote me on it. Only six counties in New York State are running nursing homes. Well, and, and Mary Allison, I, I know you already stated your position that you feel the county would uh, take over the facility, but I guess the question is if, if you were to become the legislator in November, would you at least consider revisiting the current contract and looking for an alternate as far as managing the care center? I would consider that if that was the consensus of the group, but I, I want to mention a point uh, that's related, um, and that is um, I think Nick Salamone is a wonderful person, gets oh, along you. with everybody, but we need to remember he's the chair of the Health and Human Services Committee and of course has a major, that has a major uh, input into our services in healthcare in Sullivan County. So I think, Nick, you've gone along with this current chair instead of standing up for the citizens of Sullivan County and saying we need to address the, the quality of care at this care center here in Liberty. Thank you. Very good. And uh, as we head towards our final question here in this segment, uh, Mary Elson, a, a bit of a broader question. The new legislative maps will be uh, official after, after this election cycle coming next year. So if you win in November and thinking about your district, which will be affected as shifting boundaries and such, uh, what are some of your top priorities? And do you feel that there are some different priorities that you need to look at uh, in the quote unquote new district? The districts that went into place in December? That would be going into place. The districts that were agreed to and will officially become the districts come the new legislature. In other words, in January, you'll be entering the legislature. You, Nick, whoever, wh whichever candidate is, of course, the the winner would be entered into, you know, a new legislative, a slightly different legislative district. Do you think that those those boundary changes or anything will change any of your priorities? I don't, I don't think so. I'm not aware of what those boundary changes will be, but I can certainly report on, and I, and I know many citizens listening can talk about um, the difficulties that the, the new districts have created. People are very concerned. In Mamakating, we have a ward system. The wards have changed over time. Now you have the districts changing. Um, but yeah, I think we just, we work with with those kinds of um, boundaries and do the best we can. All right, very good. And Nick, yes. uh, in, in terms, again, in terms of District uh, District 4, right. the legislative boundaries, it's something okay. you worked on yes. in the legislature. Yes. Do you think the priorities are changing any? Is there anything specific? No, not really. You're still representing the county. Um, does it change population-wise? Yes, a little bit. but. 
The village of Westboro is basically a rural village. Uh, so far as perception, there's really no change. Um, the biggest problem I see um, is you're in one area and you're in one district, but it's no different than when they did the ward system. One side of the street could be in one area and another side. Right. You have to draw the line, you have to draw the line somewhere. And you can't be off by more than 5% between the top county and the bottom. I believe it's 8705. Um, you can't be off by more than 5%. So it took a lot of doing. We came out with three individual maps. I understand 10 years ago, the legislature came out with one, one map. This is the way it is. Um, we had public hearings on it, and I was happy with two, two of the maps. Um, it didn't bother me. Um, no, I don't, think, I don't think the priorities are changing. No. Very good. Well, we're up to closing statements. And Nick, you have two minutes okay. for your uh, closing statement as okay. part of this debate. Well, I want to thank the moderators, Mary Allison, for being very fair and very polite. And I want to brag about promises I made. I promised four years ago the visitor center would be gone. That would have cost us mega bucks. They wanted to put it in Rock Hill. How dare they skip mammocating? Um, so I voted no on it, and it never became a reality. Had we bought it, think of it, we didn't know COVID was going to come into play, but that place would have been closed for two years. We would have to maintain the bathroom, the heat, the air condition, cut the grass. And my opponent back there then wanted three visitor centers. She wanted one on 97, one Sullivan County up above, and one at the bottom. You just can't. Everybody uses the internet, the computer, and, uh, you know, the library. Okay. Another thing I promised, I would not take medical insurance, and I'm saving the county between 20 and 30 grand a year. I have my medical from retirement, but I, I'm still entitled to take it, <coughs> so I wouldn't have to pay co-pays, but no. I'm not going to want to take six or seven hundred dollars extra in my pocket from the deductions and cost the county 20 to 30 grand. Uh, we stayed within the 2% cap. We are the only legislative body in New York State, to my knowledge, except for the mayor of the city of Albany, I believe, who voted for a 4% pay cut when we had the pandemic. After the pandemic, it was restored. It was symbolic, but we did it. Um, we haven't had a raise in four years. More county roads are being done than ever before. And we paid the debt down. We pay the go road repair. And I want to thank everybody for uh, the great job. Mary Allison, Mike, thank you. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Mary Allison, your two-minute closing statement. Okay, thank you. And echoing Nick, I, I do want to thank everybody who's participated in sponsoring this, the moderators, the filmmaker, uh, the folks controlling the action here. <laughs> and of course, Nick, for participating with me and for, look, we've been keeping it um, <laughs> peaceful and civil. And that's um, part of where I go with my closing statement. I, I think that many of us in the county, uh, certainly many of us in Mamacating, feel that it is time for a change at the Sullivan County Legislature. And I'd like to be part of that change, bringing back 
a focus on civility, simple civility. Also, focus on serving the needs of the people. Let's get away from party politics and uh, bullying. And also, I'd like to see the Sullivan County Legislature focus on transparency with their operations. Uh, we've, we've had a little bit too much of secretiveness and um, transparency will, will help us to move forward in the county. So thank you again for this opportunity. Thank you to all the people who will be watching and listening. Well, thank you. That's going to wrap up our District 4 Legislative Decision 2023 debate. Again, Mary Allison Farley running on the Democratic and Mamicating First Lines, and Nicholas Salamone running on the Republican and People's First Lines. Thank you both. Thanks for being a part of Decision 2023 for Sullivan County Legislature. A big thank you to our hosts, the Black Library in Monticello. I'm Mike Sakel, News Director for Catskills News. I'd also like to thank our news partner, Mid-Hudson News, and of course, our candidates. Laborers Local 17 is a proud sponsor of Decision 2023. Visit liuna17.com to start on your career path today. You can listen to and watch these Decision 2023 debates on a number of platforms, including Catskills News Talk 92.5 and 94.9, along with 1240 AM, plus Mid-Hudson News YouTube channel and the Catskills News Podcast. Thank you for being a part of Decision 2023. WVOS Liberty, a bold gold media group station.